The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 418 of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, I am Tim. That's Tom over there. We're starting off with somber news this week. Uh, and we like to give that its due respect, typically, historically here on the Spanish Announce Table, by not swinging out the gate with any jokes or anything of, the, of that nature. Uh, quite simply put, Jay Briscoe passed away very unexpectedly this week car accident and um i mean that's huge news right Tommy? I mean, that's a sitting tag team champion mm-hmm. uh, for one of the largest federations historically even if not current day um it, yeah i you know seemingly unilaterally thought of very well i know oh, had yeah. a checkered past that has had some with issues some but, comments yeah with yeah, some with- comments but seems to have reformed his thinking and 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 made apologies to folks and, and spoke to yeah. folks and stuff like that. And so, I, I you know, I even the people that would have been offended then seem to have been on his side now. And uh, and notwithstanding, even at that, even if he felt those things, it's still sad. There's people that love that man. And, and yeah. I, I mean, th- to think also, like, I mean, the Briscoe brothers have been a staple in pro wrestling for 20 or more years at this point, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so unique, nobody like them at all, but yet still so relatable in that you know a bunch of people like them, Tom. Like, oh, you're, yeah. you're in the MMA world, you know a whole bunch of folks. Yeah. Uh, like, you live uh, in the middle in the middle America with me here. You know a bunch of these guys, and it's, yeah, just, it's uh, very sad. There's a great article on his Substack uh, called Hybrid Shoot, uh, Jonathan Stoden, um, and he described the Briscoes, I think, perfectly. He said, uh, think of two guys from the country heading to a Johnny Cash concert, and midway through, they found out about Tupac and took a left turn. And that's the Briscoe brothers. Like, that is exactly who they are. And yeah, I bet if you're, you know, again, from the middle of the map where we are, you know those type of guys. Um, and like you said, he was, I mean, he's on the poster for the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Uh, he's the one half of the current Ring of Honor uh, tag team champions with his brother. Uh, and yeah, and I think obviously it's sad when anyone dies in any sudden manner like this, where a car drifted into his lane, hit him, and that's how he passed away. Uh, it's also, you know, it hits home a little bit more uh i think for people who know that he had more years to give we were just talking about last year when we did our top five tag teams i put him in my top five tag teams it was an honorable mention of yours one of the highlights that we both had from wrestling in 2022 was going to the gcw show in which they main evented a double ring steel cage match yeah so that's also the thing that stinks selfishly selfishly you think of could they have done a fourth match with ftr could they have invaded AEW? could AEW invaded ring of honor and then they have matches with the young bucks or best friends or you know top flight whatever it may be so selfishly i think that's where the pro wrestling fan taking it from that aspect is really shocked right because this isn't an elderly wrestler you know a la macho man when he passed away that sucked and there was tons of memories he was later in his life so we know we didn't expect to see him on the television for example so knowing that he had so much more to give is the gut punch from a pro wrestling standpoint and then as you mentioned just from a human aspect 
regardless of whatever he said or didn't say or felt or did not feel or believed and did not believe driving and dying in a car accident uh, with your kids, I mean, is traumatic and heartbreaking. And, and so, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. The outpouring of messages that I'm seeing just across the board from Kofi Kingston to the Usos to people who knew him like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And then obviously the, the young bucks and people in ring of honor, like Jay lethal and all of that. Um, yeah, it's very sad, but, uh, we even have folks in the chat here. Uh, Justin Floor says, evening, gents. I think what really got me was watching Jay help his daughter with her cheer routine. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, which is a TikTok that has been floating around or other videos. Yep. And Jeffrey Sills says, what's up, boys? Shout out to Tim and Tom. Prayers to the Pew family on the, the loss of their father, brother, and son. Rest in peace, Jay. He was only 38. He was only hitting mm-hmm. his prime in the business. Super sad to see him go. Um, he didn't ask any news on his kids. I think you had seen i mean the only thing yeah the only thing that i had seen and it wasn't from some you know reputable source like a new york times or uh you know wall street journal anything like that however one thing that i did see from someone who's familiar with his family is that his daughter uh was going through major back surgery because that was what was injured with her Uh, i don't want to speculate on like what could or couldn't happen uh, cause I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but I did read that she, uh, had, or is having back surgery coming up. And then the other daughter is stable. So, I mean, there's one bit of good news, yeah. um, in this tragic well, situation. And, and I have no idea of the details of this case either, but I think it's also prudent to remind folks that, um, a car accident is one of the top things that is likely to kill you at any age group in life. Mm-hmm. Um, vehicle accidents probably top three in every age group and mm-hmm. uh pay attention keep your hands off your cell phone don't drink and drive there's people that will help you get to where you need to be if you're in those kind of situations um right. because I- i'm teaching kids how to drive right now you could be doing everything right and someone else, else can't to take your it could mess your whole world up like that yeah and so, yeah, and we don't know attention. again the details of whether either driver or any of that Correct. stuff was happening. It's just generally speaking that that's our message mm-hmm. to anyone who's listening. Um, yeah, the Briscoe brothers, though, just kind of switching gears just a little bit. We talked about you know the the description from Jonathan Stone, and I didn't probably get it correct. So again, go to his Substack. It's called Hybrid Shoot. He has a great article about meeting him backstage yeah. with Ryan Loco, friend of the show. Uh, they are doing a, a photo shoot with him, and then with Ryan Loco and then doing a quick interview with Jonathan Stone. Um, But one of the things that he brought up is obviously we talked about, you know, their matches with uh, Kevin Steen and Colt Cabana and CM Punk and then the Young Bucks and then FTR and things like that. But the thing that always got me and admittedly, I am not a ring of honor historian. I can't tell you the fourth champion, things like that. Nothing, you know, bit by bit, like I could with a WWE or AEW. However, the thing that always got me hooked was the authenticity of their promos. I mean, I was sharing promos with you as far back, you know, as recent as their FTR when they're just out there talking about, is it Saturday yet? Thanks ass boys for getting that message to us. And then just because now that the curtain has been, you know, let down and exposed and you're starting to see FTR specifically posting these pictures of taking a drink with them or hanging out backstage 
boy, I I would not have guessed that from the promos. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I um, I'll always remember the the, the cleaning the gun right <laughs> while he's cutting the promo stuck out. Um, the one you sent me where he just fires a gun off in the background. He's like, what the hell are you doing? He's, he's like, like, I thought you were done. You were done. <laughs> the yeah. so genuineness of it. And I even, I, I always remember with the Briscoes, an interview they weren't even in. It was Claudio Castagnoli, you know, as Cesaro giving an interview to somebody. And he was talking about the Briscoes, but I think it was on Colt Cabana's podcast, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, no, no. He was like, I mean, everything that the Briscoes are is what, those guys are like they're chicken farmers they you know what i mean he's like they won't work for wwe because they won't let them stay there on their chicken farm like he was like they are the most genuine wrestlers in the business today and it, that always stuck with me because you get that feel from them and then then mm-hmm. to see another well-respected person just acknowledging and pointing that out just solidified it like and that's sad that it's it was such a it was simple gimmick which maybe wasn't yeah. a gimmick but it was so it was unique right it was unique. It was authentic. It was something that wasn't in the box of I'm a superhero or I'm a bad guy. I mean, they, they obviously did play the lines of either face or heel throughout their career. Oh, yeah. But if you mm-hmm. were to pinpoint, like, where are they on the spectrum? You kind of moving pendulum like, well, yeah, they could but be whatever the, but, you needed. Uh, yeah. They, they have a lot of the same qualities of what I love in Eddie Kingston, where Eddie Kingston can do baby face and heel but it's Eddie Kingston. And with the Briscoes, you could do babyface or heel, yeah. but they're the Briscoes. They don't you know change what I mean? their behaviors. They just, just kind of change who they're going after. Right. Yeah, their surroundings and situation, but they are authentic. Uh, so, yeah. And admittedly, I'll tell you just kind of off the top, like I mentioned, I am not a Ring of Honor historian. I, I did not ever Same. order the pay-per-views. It wasn't available in a television market in Kansas City kansas city either so i don't really know however uh i did purchase the ring of honor uh, fight club or honor club honor club Club. and i've been watching a lot of the briscoes admittedly just because of the state of mind i'm in and i tell you what man christ almighty those guys are great like and i'm not trying to be like retrospective because of the sad news like i mentioned they were in my top five Mm -hmm. last year of tag teams we just and now that i'm very frequently yeah and now that I'm seeing more of their body of work, I mean, these guys are just outstanding, outstanding uh, wrestlers. And uh, yeah, again, Jay Briscoe, yeah. it's going to stink. It's gonna well, really Jeffrey Sills, stink. yeah, he says they had bangers from the beginning to the end. Since hearing of his death, I've been watching all the old matches and Honor mm-hmm. Club is probably a great place to do that. And they will be, they've, they've taped after Dynamite a mm-hmm. a tribute show that will be shown on Honor Club and YouTube, I think, free For of free. charge. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so let's use that as a a transition, uh, not be, you know, there's no easy way to get out of that topic without being awkward. So uh, here we go. So with our dynamite recap, it did start off with a memorial graphic for Jay Briscoe, which I thought was very classy. Now, me and you were talking about this off air. There have been reports from Warner Brothers Discovery as we've talked about, our proclamation is if it's not from a verified source and we do not consider the Melters or Sean Ross Saps verified, we're not really going to talk about it. However, we did see it. So that's where, again, Tim had mentioned uh, they did film a, an episode, a special Jay Briscoe tribute episode after Dynamite. So it's good to see that throughout this entire episode as well. Most wrestlers had a Jay or a Briscoe armband yeah. as they wrestled matches. So that was great to see. 
so with that, with that being said, uh, they kicked off the match and I, or they kicked off the show with a great match. And this is honestly a very, very smart of AEW because we talked about, you know, before the main event, it's the women, right? They could have done something different tone, but they went with Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy, which gets everyone, hey, this is fun. Here's some gimmicks. I think Orange Cassidy rolled out of three different elbows from Jay Lethal, and Jay Lethal had to go to the next corner, next corner. Dan Housen grabs a guitar from Jeff Jarrett. So I thought the tone that they set. Popcorn bucket, the best friends, all the stuff. So I thought for, obviously, again, just speculating and projecting, probably the state of mind that most of the locker room was in to kick off the show with something more lighthearted, like a Jay lethal versus orange Cassidy. I thought was perfect. That was, if you couldn't do a tribute show, which again, speculation, uh, but if you couldn't go that route, like they did with Brody Lee, I thought going this route with, Hey, let's have a quick laugh before we get into the show. I thought that was perfect. What did you think? Yeah. I, I didn't even think of it in that terms, but you're right. That probably is the best way to go in that regard. If you're not doing a very specified tribute show, which again, they did later, but um, yeah, and, and I appreciated this match. I mean, they, this was, this what we we discussed the young buck style and the hold your hand wrestling, and and I would say Orange Cassidy falls into that. However, it's also dashed with a comic relief. Like we're not mm-hmm. taking it overtly seriously, right? So when we see some of that, it's part of the circus show. And Jay Lethal knows how to do a lot of that very well also in a play into it and all of this cast of characters that, that came along. Mm-hmm. So does Jeff Jarrett. And so does um, Sanjay Dutt. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Say what you want. Jeff Jarrett might be one of the the biggest, like natural heels in the business today. Right now, the people are just getting boo because we actually don't like that person. Yeah. We don't like him though. <laughs> right, I but, know. I know. But like back, back in the day, that's X-Pac heat. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what it is. It's Jeff Jarrett yeah. heat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put the IC title on him. Yeah. Side story. Jeffrey uh, Sill t- says, I like that this was a quick match, no commercial break until the second Exactly. Match. That's what I'm saying. And and again, we got our Dan Housen. We got our best friends. We got our Satnam Singh. I guarantee you, as we were dumbfounded after meeting him, when the audience in whatever rows that were, that when Satnam Singh was walking down the stairs, probably at the end of the night, we're still like, did you see how fucking big he was? Like, you know what I mean? So you got that too. So it Pause. was pretty good. Jeffrey Sills, who is awesome, by the way, was our beer sponsor. Oh my God, I just read it. And no. still, still, I'm still drinking the stuff. Says, I love Double J. So you're the one. Man, <laughs> you're the one. You're the one. <laughs> you're the guy still subscribing to Jeff Jarrett Network, giving him $9.99 a month. Because uh, I think you'd be the one. I got it. Are you making a joke? Yeah, he has to, yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Come on. He's a great guy. Um, all right. So Orange Cassidy picks up the victory using the orange punch. He retains his AEW all Olympic championship. Uh, then after the match, the heels get in. Um, and then we get some fun stuff. And then oh, there we go. Then we're good, right? We'll fun at, yeah. at the end and we move on to the next thing. Uh the next thing was uh well actually the next thing before the match which i thought was really smart was they did a video package of who Kushida is uh in the main event it was going to be darby allen versus Kushida. but one thing that they've done well and as we've talked about in the past is they told us who Kushida was right if you didn't know or you didn't watch 205 live or whatever it was when he was 
uh, NXT when he was over in WWE. And you're like, why would this guy be in the main event? They put out a, he was a, this champion here. He did this here. He's beat these yeah. people here. Cause <clears throat> they showed him picking up pinfall victories over hangman over. Um, I believe it was one of the young bucks. So it's like, they showed that he had credibility, which is good because if you're only an AEW fan, you don't know who the hell Kashida is. So credit yeah. to them for doing that. So, and, you know, and maybe I'll dive deeper into this when we discuss that match at the end, but I, I like when they will do that because we are storyline-driven fans. I think we mm -hmm. were the outlier in WWE. We still kind of are in AEW. I think a lot of folks do like the circus-style, you know, spot fest, if you will, type of match, right? And that's a heavy component of AEW's fan base. And so... For me, that's fine, right? If you're going to do a match, especially it's a TNT title match, it's not, we're not ready to do a big feud, but, you know, if we're if we're pretending this is a real thing, not everything's a big feud. Sometimes there's just bouts and matches. And so that's fine. And so if you're putting together what is a quote-unquote dream match, well, if I don't know why it's a dream match, then it's lost on me, right? So, because right. I get you, that can help when it's just no real storyline here, but it's, man, we've never seen Kushida and Darby Allen. Well then, okay, cool, but you better tell me who Kushida is right yeah and they, so, and and they like did they this do here mm -hmm. yeah they did this here and i thought that was really smart because we have criticized them in the past of well who the hell is you know um jay white for example or will osprey if mm -hmm. you don't know you don't know kind of mm -hmm. thing all right so then we get back into the ring and we get a tag team match as you mentioned big fun flips and shits you got all of it here it was top flight taking on Two-thirds of the trio's champs, the Young Bucks, former AEW two-time tag team champs. And we get all the fun. We get up and down, yeah. false finish here, false finish there. And son of a bitch, Tim, top flight, mm. beat the Young Bucks clean. What do you think about that? Interesting for me. A couple takeaways for the Young Bucks here. Yes, they came out. They're still in douchey stuff, right? And they've got uh, Brandon Cutler back there doing his douchey stuff. And that's great, right? Because, I mean, that is what they are. But I, I think a, a knock that I would have on them is that every time they come out, it would be something also be like, oh, but we're also making fun of this person. Or we grew our facial hair this way. And there wasn't a whole lot of that. This felt like it was coming in for a serious match, if you will. Even though they still look douchey, right? But it wasn't like, oh, get it? I'm making fun of this at the same time. It was just, we're coming out here to fight. And then they lost, right? So, yeah. The, which is, if I'm writing things, yeah, if I don't got something for the Young Bucks right now, well, then let's use you to get over a team like the private party. Because who else is the private party going to get a goddamn win over, right? That's going to matter. So, great. I mean, I'll applaud them for that. If, if you know, who knows whose decision it was, of course. Um, but I think it was a good match to do it. Like, the very similar style. So, you're going to get all the oohs and the ahs and the... Mm -hmm. And the hold your hand while you walk up to the top of the goalpost and do a triple spinning over your ball sack, plancha and dive. All that was there. So, again, athletically impressive on some folks' parts in the match. And then, and then you know, uh, the ending, I think, was a surprise for me. I didn't expect we're going to see Private Party get this victory here. But honestly, they needed that. Huh? Top flight. Oh, top flight. You're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top. Yeah, tough. One. Oops. Uh, well, but there well, hadn't but been I'm, a whole lot of delineation between the two from a like storyline aspect. Now, Private Party did have more like your Matt Hardy in, in that kind of angle for a while, and Top Flight never really had much because of you know injuries and whatnot. But 
right? Was well, that- I'm glad you brought yeah, but yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because my takeaway from this was year one AEW. If you go back to what year one AEW Dynamite, Private Party picked up a victory in a tournament, I believe it was, uh, to crown the first AEW tag team champions over the Young Bucks, and that was supposed to propel them to the next thing. Unfortunately, Private Party kind of didn't maybe take off like everyone thought they would. Uh, but now it looks like, hey, we're trying it again. Now that this time it's top flight. Pull it back with top uh, flight. I, the thing that I liked, well, a couple things just aesthetically. One, the Shaq Gnosis that the Young Bucks were wearing were fucking awesome. I like those a lot. Uh, that's just a shoe thing. Second, though, is if you are going to have the Young Bucks go to the trios, it still seems like Death Triangle with Lucha Bros are trios, right? FTR has said on every social media platform, they're taking a break. Well, then now we do need some teams because if you go to the acclaim right now, they're doing Jeff Jarrett and Jay lethal. And now the ass boys, which are all fine, but like build up the top flights, build up the uh, juniors division, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, And so that's where I like that. What what are you going to say? Well, I would say redeeming himself in the chat here is Jeffrey Sills saying private party, top flight, same thing. We don't fact check, Tom. We don't, but I knew it. (laughs) I didn't check. I just knew. Yeah. Um, But what I was going to say is, yeah. So uh, I I like the idea that you're going to get established teams such as the young bucks getting more credibility to the teams that need it, such as a top flight. So I like that top flight got the victory here over the young bucks. If you recall, they got a really good match out of Claudio and John Moxley. What's up? Why are you cutting me off every time? What's no, up? no, I just keep, yeah, keep going, keep, keep going, going, keep going. going. No, because this is no, about top wasn't. flight. This is about top flight. Okay. Justin Floor wants to know if Darius can stay healthy. Top flight will be one of the top top tag teams in AEW. I don't know that I agree with that for various reasons. Well, but what do you think? Well, but that's what I'm saying. If he, if they beat the Young Bucks, and then if they beat Lucha Bros, and then if they beat a returning, I'm making this up, a returning Jurassic Express, or they beat Jungle Boy and Hook, like. That's so do you I think frame it that way? Because that's the only way I see that happening is like, oh my God, they're on a win streak because mm-hmm. I, they've, they've said nothing else to make me care who they are and what they're doing. You follow yeah, me? Yeah, but they'll have, but they have the mat, they have the moves, even though we will criticize kind of like the style of how we got moves there. Don't matter, right? <laughs> but they got the moves yeah. that will go viral, right? So the move of the night from them was. Uh, it was some type of like backflip off the ropes, cutter Triple into spinning over your whatever. ball sack plunge of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just find it very interesting that we, we are, you know, two years ago we talked about, oh my God, AW is the place where tag teams go. We got Santana and Ortiz. We got best friends. We've got less sex guys yeah. and all these people. Now and now it's like, where they are they? Yeah. Well, and I think key to what Justin Floor said here is if Darius can stay healthy. That is a big question mark. Or Dante. I mean, you know. Yeah. Could happen to him, too. Too young. Yeah, could happen yeah. to them, too. Because of, because of the style. Now, I understand Darius had outside factors, which went into it like a car wreck, I believe. But, yeah, still, yeah. Health is the hardest thing to do and predict in pro wrestling because they ain't doing ballet, as they say. Right. All right. So then we go to break and come back. <laughs> <laughs> we come back from break and who comes out it was supposed to be the acclaimed but it's not it's the ass boys and let's just stop here real quick mm. the ass boys the gun club whatever we're calling them 
what do you feel? What's what? Give me your two cents on who they are, what they are, how you feel about them. Right now, I'm liking them more than I ever have because they are <clears throat> just there being the turd in the punch bowl, right? Mm-hmm. We're all like, <clears throat> I love how the, <clears throat> first of all, you said it on Twitter, the announcers have so much fun on AEW Dynamite. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and this planned thing where they were like, all right, it's time for the acclaim. Oh, <laughs> when the ass boys came out. <clears throat> it's a great soundbite. And just, I, who would have guessed that Billy Gunn, right, unilaterally understood to have one of the best, like, looking faces and, and physiques in wrestling in his day, would, would birth two of the most punchable faces in the industry, right? So oh, just he had easy. a punchable face, though, <laughs> yeah, too. I mean, Go I guess you're right, smoking yeah. guns. Well, yeah, there's that, too. Um, but they just, I mean, they have... If you if you try to define what a punchable face is, you might show these faces, right? And so it just... I And I, I like that... I don't know. They even talk with an annoying voice. So I like, I I'm digging when they're out there because man, right. It's, it's such a great foil for the acclaimed. Right. Um, I don't know what happens after that. Right. That's my worry with the ass boys. Um, I kind of like that Billy Gunn leaned into the thing where he's like, we need family therapy. Like this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah I so let's I get mean, into what do it. you think of the ass boys? What's your, I hate them. I hate them, <laughs> but I hate them in a good way. I was thinking about this Sports after hate. this segment. Yeah, after this after this segment, if you if you want to get the loudest cheers for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the Elite, you put them in a trios match with Jeff Jarrett and the Ass Boys, and I swear to God, everyone will be in their corner. I don't care what the fuck they dress up as, or try to mock, mm-hmm. or mimic, or hold hands. Fuck those three guys. Yeah. But, now, Jeff Jarrett has like legit carny bullshit to him, which you can go outside of the ring. But keeping it within the context of a TV show, mm-hmm. I still fucking hate Jeff Jarrett. He's annoying as shit. Yeah. The ass boys, same thing. You got the you got the one that can cut the promo, losing his hair, still doing the comb over at 25 years old. Just but go bald, buddy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and he's got a Johnny Cash tattoo, I think it is. And then you got the other one who's about 150 pounds soaking wet that gets confused when a microphone's in his face. And so I just fucking yeah. hate him. So two things that uh, one, the ass boys are, I'm not comparing them as far as quality to 2.0, but it's that level of like, you can put them with anybody as their lackeys and suddenly like, ugh, like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck these guys. Um, and two, you know, in regards to their terrible look, they also, one of them at least has this trend that I'm noticing that we got to stop this fucking line down tattoo from like behind the ear, straight down the neck. What the fuck is everybody doing here? Oh, it's the new tramp stamp. It's the new, it is the new tramp stamp. It's like, it's like, it's like, look how tall I've gotten. Like what in the fuck are we doing? Yeah. It's put in your favorite, put in your favorite word from the dictionary. Mine says relentless. Mine says hope. Yeah. I'm going to get a Spanish announce table. There you go. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right, so the ass boys come out. They're running down everyone. One thing that I did think was interesting in their promo before the acclaim came out is no mention of FTR. So they did the funeral for F Trip, and then now they're dead. Now they're dead. So we'll see how that Don't goes. Speak Put ill a pin of the in dead. That. Put a pin in that because I think that might come back to bite them in the ass. But as you mentioned, our claim come out. Ass boys say no. They then say, turn that mic off. I'm doing it anyhow. He does it. And kind then of a Billy weak Gunn, rap this time, too. Not much. 
Yeah, not much to it. Yeah. But I don't think the energy was there. I think You're correct. Because for the segment, which I thought the segment was kind of filler, where Billy Gunn just says it's time for therapy and yeah, family therapy or something. Yeah. I don't know. What do you? How do you feel about that? I don't feel great about it to be honest. No, I don't feel great because that means I. To me, I think like maybe Billy Gunn is switching back, and that would be a mistake. I just. Albeit the Acclaims can't have Billy Gunn running with them forever, right? Don't they have to? Well, who's going to scissor me daddy ass? Well, again, eventually. We've talked about this. Phrases and catchphrases. The Rock was good at because he would kind of make some changes over the time, right? Yeah, that's Austin could could make a new one. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, we all love the Wolfpack chants, but after two years of of Conan saying Viva La Rasa, we were like, all right, this is done. Yeah, that's true. You know? Uh in the chat, I see here, Jeffrey still yeah. says, didn't the Iceman Chuck Liddell start the tattoo trend? Uh, no, because if you want to go to head tattoos, you go back to Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that who was... started this shit. Right. Well, that's Chuck Liddell have one of those? The No, he's got some oh. on his head. Oh, okay. He's got some fun yeah. symbols some on his is, head. This, the one I'm specifically talking is that, you know what I mean? No, it's I a straight yeah, line, behind right? Here. From, yeah. yeah, like right down the neck. Yeah. Every every gap model. I was noticing on the that. basketball game we were watching, which by the way, K State BK. I don't know if anybody saw that. Um, you know, you, you saw it. Yeah. You fucking saw it. Right, um, yeah, a bunch of the players said that too. I was like, God damn, everybody's fucking rocking around with this. Look like somebody fucking wrote down your fucking neck with like, you know, when people would draw on your face with a marker, like, oh yeah, yours, not mine. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. Back to the show. Back to Dynamite. So yeah, they say family therapy, and that's what mm-hmm. we get. Again, kind of clunky at the end because they yeah, just it didn't left. hit as good. Like people chuckled at it, but it wasn't, you know, because he said like I got two words been... for you. And family yeah. therapy, and it was like, oh yeah. I just felt like it could have been a better backstage segment than it was in ring segment. True. But for the first time in Fresno, I think the decision was we got to get Max Caster to rap in front of the audience. Of course, that's fine. Uh, then I thought. Honestly, came the best segment of the night, and I not I'm not including wrestling. I'm just saying the best segment that like I rewatched a couple times because it, it was very interesting. Renee Paquette is backstage, and she's interviewing Hangman Adam Page. And right from the get go, Renee Paquette, her nonverbal communication, her her body language was, "I don't want to do this. This guy hurt my husband, but I'm a professional, so I will." Let's just see where this goes. And then to his credit, Hangman also kind of felt a little remorseful, it looked like, where he was like, how's he doing? Like, how's he going? So a lot of stuff was said here. I'll just hit kind of on some bullet points and then get your feedback. So uh, she talked about how John Moxley actually kind of admires Hangman for what he brings out in Moxley. But appreciates you. Right. And then I felt like it was interesting... Yeah, and then I thought it was interesting how Hangman was like, well, if he wants to get knocked out again, I'll do it again. It's like, so that like was I interesting. just gave you a start. compliment from him. Right, yeah. Not even necessarily from him, though. It's almost yeah, like, was... he didn't tell me to tell you this. Right. But he but, said this. Like, she's yeah. almost trying to do damage control, and he's like, oh, he, he said that, really? Well, you tell him this. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. kind of what he like. Um yeah, continue. There was and, then, and then Hangman says, because uh, within the question is, what happens next? And mm-hmm. Hangman says, uh, well, I got to mend some fences. Now, I think everyone went to the elite. However, but, mm-hmm. I think 
claws up. I think it's dark order. I would hope it's because, dark order. Because the the mending of fences, in my view, if you go back to All Out, which was the last sustainable storyline that he was in, outside of the John Moxley thing, which was kind of a spot in the moment kind of thing. But the last thing that we saw was Hangman hit the buckshot on John Silver, costing them the match. And then, yeah, Dark Order and them are cool, but like, not really. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think that's the mending of fences. I could be wrong. It could be a layup and it's the elite. And yeah. what, what do they call them when it's the Young Bucks and Hangman? The the three of them, like Hung Buck or something like that? Hung or Bucks. Hung Bucks. Is that, hung someone bucks. tell me that. In the, Probably in the Hung Bucks. I mean, yeah. that's what I would call them. Now, um, yes, and just to, like you're saying, we got Kenny Omega here. We've got the trios. Like, it doesn't seem like they need to be tied up in a storyline with the Hangman right now. However, who's not doing something is the Dark Order, right? Yeah. Claws up. And, yeah, that was interesting to me. I I went to Dark Order, but I was like, ah, could it be the Elite? But I was like, man, it, it should be the Dark Order. I, it should be the Dark Order. I still... So this is what I love about AEW. When we talk about storylines, this is the subtleties of storylines that we're talking about here, right? You know what I mean? Like, there is tension in the room between interviewer and interviewee, but it's about another person. And is there the start of a bromance between those two? And, like, you know what I mean? But, like, but also not. And, like, and, and Hangman's clearly, like, having a hatred where we're, like, we love you, Hangman. We support you. But you might not necessarily need to hate the guy, you know what I mean, who just did what he was supposed to do against you, right? It's a little mm-hmm. bit of an irrational hatred towards John Moxley. And maybe even Hangman gets a little bit of, like, showing a soft side in that, too, because he's like, well, tell him, nah, never mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's not worth it, right, or whatever he says. And, and if you catch, as you were talking about subtly, if you catch what happened there, Renee Paquette asked the question of what's next. He mentions mending fences, but then Renee Paquette says like, okay, thank you very much. And I believe the, so really, how's he doing was the, the, the interviews cut. Right. Right. Hangman doesn't realize he's being recorded. Right. right? Yeah. Cause she was like, you good? Like, were we, you're cool with that? We're going with that. Yeah. Again, still like you knocked out my husband. Right. And then that's when we see the remorseful hangman Adam Page be like, so like, really, how is he? And she gives him the, for 10 years, he's been beat up one way or another. So, you know, he'll get back on his feet. And then we see the, well, tell him, ah, never mind. Yeah, never so mind. I got to ask, what do you think the tell him Yeah, is? so now what sentence. he told her to tell him earlier was, I'll fucking do it again. But now is that what he was going to tell her? Because there, there would no be no need for him to say, well, tell him if that's what he already said to her, right? So it would have had to been something different, which probably would have been along the lines of whatever. Now, back to this idea of, of hangman mending fences. I want it to be the Dark Order because I, I want us to go down. And again, you know, this is what we say. We will offer suggestions of what we think they should book. I'm not going to get pissed off if they don't do this. And it's a little bit complicated. I don't know if they will. But hangman mending fences with dark order and kind of leading the dark order as like their de facto leader. But we just saw him have an irrational hatred to where he knocked out John Moxley, which isn't, which is somewhat atypical of his character. If he starts leading dark order to do a few things that are violent, but atypical out of their character to where, Hey man, are we, are we good people? 
boy, you know what I mean? Like, I would love this story. Because that's kind of encompassed Hangman's sort of anxiety about himself since we've seen him, right? It's the character yeah. work that I love about AEW here, right? Now, none of what I just said could happen, but we've at least got this up to this point with John Moxley. And that sort of like, what did he want to tell her? We, like, this, this storyline is unequivocally not closed, right? We have a cliffhanger pause on this, and it's great. And so many different angles to go with. Because as you mentioned, it could be the I'm pushing this down. The compassionate hangman is being pushed down to the middle of my stomach. And what I need to do is knock out more people, right? And then that's where you go into the original irrational hangman. And we might get the heel version of whatever hangman Adam Page is, right? So we shall see. Jeffrey Sill says the Dark Order have been trying to recruit people on Dark and Elevation. Now, I have not caught up to speed on Dark and Elevation in a while. I didn't see How's that. that? Yeah, Ooh. no, I haven't seen I'll have to check that out and see, like, under what pretense are they trying to. That's interesting. Like, I hope it's legit. Not like, hey, man, we got Cheetos yeah. in the back. Like, hey, you've got a funny face. Let's, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. All yeah. right. So then after that uh, backstage interview, uh, we get back in the ring, and it is Jake Hager taking on absolute Ricky Starks. This match happened. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah. Jake Hager, I think we all understand, is is a man that could he could beat up a lot of people in in real life, right? Like, I mean, he's he, you know, when you see him, he looks good getting off the bus, right? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, a lot of people, like Jake Hager could beat me up, right? You know what I mean? Like, you, know, you don't think so, huh? All right, all right. No. Fucking Tom's got a lot of confidence in me yeah. that I do not. So <laughs> now, um, at any rate, like the casual viewer sees Jake Hager, is like, okay, sure, but like we don't see Jake Hager winning anything, do we? So now I get like he's not going to win against Ricky Starks. And I don't think anybody expected him to, and it's a big guy for Ricky Starks to get a win over. But I just, man, this Jake Hager experiment is is just really, I like again, we get he likes the hat now. This is what I've talked about. They will bleed it to death to where it's not. The catchphrase thing I spoke about earlier, Jericho and his folks are always the worst of this. They will drive it into the ground. How many? How long were we calling him the Ocho? You know what I mean? Like, how long yeah. have we seen this hat? So, like, that's just kind of what I felt. I was like, all right, let's get this over with. Ricky Starks will do his pose. I like how they ended that where they're all in like, fuck this guy. He gets the quick roll up and now he's out in the crowd. That's always a good camera spot, right? The heels are yes. like, you motherfucker, and he's out there dancing on them bitches in the crowd right like that's yeah. always a good visual so that was that was good for me in the ending right yeah i like the so the things that i liked was ricky starks in action we we didn't get him lost in the shuffle uh we got taz to sing another song i think that's the key to getting over is taz has yeah. to sing your song in some form or fashion and then yeah, the last kind of image of him standing on top of JAS as they're mad because he got one over on him. Jake Hager, though, is just a dead end in every aspect. Every, the last, he's good for the multi-man, right? When it was anarchy in the arena or blood right. and guts <laughs> right. or... Um, yeah, when he's the ogre. Stadium stand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when he's the... Bebop or Rocksteady, right? When he's the exactly. big guy of the Foot Clan, if you will. But yeah. when it's just him, when it's just him, it just feels like a dead end. It feels oh, it's clunky, like it's slow. Well, not just it's just we know he's gonna lose. We know, or or he's gonna cheat to win. Like it, we know there's two outcomes: they're either gonna cheat to win to get him to win, yeah. or he's gonna lose and look stupid. And I just don't care about either. Yeah. Either outcome. 
And the only saving grace is we get to see them with 2.0. Like that's the only. Yeah, I mean. But they're not enough to get them over. Just personally, personally, me. For as much, we see, we see Jake Hager. I would guarantee you, if you counted the number of appearances, a lot. Jake Hager is in the top 10. And he is not that fucking good no. to be on TV that much. Mm. When you have Wardlow that just got his hair cut, and maybe we're going to do something later, but when Wardlow's off TV, and when the Book of Hobbs and Powerhouse Hobbs is off of TV, and Miro, and then we're pushing Eddie Kingston to Friday night, it's like, for Jake fucking Hager? Get the fuck out of here. Like, that's the frustration. Is It's like, he's where... Uh, he's where charisma and storyline go to die. And well, I that's what I mean. Like for, for anything, <clears throat> any redeemable point that, that I try to give him here of like, okay, well it helps Ricky Starks get a win over a big guy or whatever. That role can be filled by so many others. Like you mentioned, you know, like now maybe it's, I'm, maybe it's, they're like, yeah, it can be filled by others, but we don't want to hurt those others. Fuck Jake Hager. And then I guess maybe, but I just don't think it's nah. coming off the way they think it might be coming off. I don't think anybody's I, like, Oh my God, he beat Jake Hager. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I've liked that AEW does that I think more heels need to adopt is what we'll see here in a little bit where heels are paying other heels to help them out. So you go back Andrade and MJF have had dealings where I believe it was private party or butcher in the blade were loaned to MJF. And then we've had Andrade do deals with Matt Hardy to where then they become a collaboration and they're paying for each other to like help each other out beating up baby faces. This could have been where Chris Jericho hires Miro. To, and if he loses, he's, he hates God. Yeah, like who right. cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just, or, or powerhouse Hobbs. Right. And then this is where powerhouse Hobbs goes like, and these motherfuckers are really gonna get it, right? And the or even, reason okay. I lost so great, yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs goes there. He get like Jake Hager convinces him. Look, it's in your book of Hobbs. You got to do this, whatever. And then Hobbs finds a way to lose, right? And then he can go back to like the book of Hobbs says, "I will go through low times," right? Like it says, "I right. will go through adversity." But out of that adversity comes right, and he can kind of continue the gimmick he's doing, which right now is doing nothing. Right. So it's why not enough. give it a purpose by losing a couple matches? Yep. And so, yeah, it's just someone just, I just don't like, stop him. Stop Jake Hager. Just stop him. I just. No more Hager. Him. Just no might more. Be the episode Hager. title. Uh, no more. Hager. It might be. <laughs> uh, so after that, uh, we come back from commercial. Chris Jericho is being interviewed again. Don't need it. But <laughs> he says uh, next week, it's going to be him and uh, Sammy Guevara, the sex gods taking yeah. on action Andretti and Ricky Starks. But then Sammy Guevara is like, well, but hey, Daniel Garcia is doing great. And Daniel Garcia is taking on Action Andretti on Friday night. So, hey, you know what? You know what? If you beat Action, you can take my spot. Yeah. And here's some leather pants. And I thought the leather yeah. pants were stupid. Daniel Garcia uh, plays this him. great. The like, like Jesus, Christ, like the annoyed, but like still like focused on like, like the leaders here. Like, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? I'm trying to press Jericho. That kind of thing. Um yeah, but see, that's just it, too. Like, it's not only that, like, we see Jericho every week. He's in two storylines now. This whole Garcia is going to figure out that the JAS sucks and he's a wrestler, not a sports entertainer. 
has been going, and then he's also doing this Ricky Starks thing, right? Like it's just and resp- action and dread and action and dready. Like man, again, like you said, we have powerhouse Hobbs. We got Brian Cage hanging around, which I guess you know will involve him later. But like we just we've got these things. <laughs> Jeffrey Sills a couple times has said Bandito and more on Bandito, which is Spanish yeah. for Bandit. Uh, <laughs> more on that. That's, yeah. 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 So here he comes. Here it is. So the after that interview where uh, again Sammy Guevara ends it with hugging Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia is like, pause. This is stupid. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. That was fun. I, I, yeah. That's um, the what like I like that aspect of of any of the storylines of the Jericho world right now is that Garcia Sammy Guevara thing. Yeah, and that should be something, right? Uh, but then we get back into the ring, and it is the American Dragon Brian Danielson taking on Bandito. Spanish for bandit. Yes. And this match ruled. Can I tell you what I thought after this match? We don't want to need to go through all the highlights, but it is back and forth. The crowd in Fresno starts chanting bandito, which is pretty remarkable because he's in there with Brian Danielson. There's suplexes, there's delayed suplexes, there's running all the stuff. Brian Danielson gets the victory, right? This is what I left with. Brian Danielson now, Ethan Page, Takesha. Is that how you say his name? The Japanese Takeshita, guy from last. I think, I think Takeshita? it's Takesha. Takesha. I think with a T at the before the A. Takesha. Takesha. Yeah, nailed it. T man. Ketchup. Ketchup. <laughs> Takesha. Um, well, with him, and now we got Bandito. Honestly, I almost want like a losers bracket of those three taking on each other to see who's like the pecking order there put in T money in there versus bandito put in Ethan page versus bandito put in bandito versus, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, maybe do a triple threat. Like yeah. those three guys impressed me so much against Brian Danielson <laughs> that I want to see what they can do without Brian. You know Danielson. what they've got away from that. They did early on that. I Maybe they had reason. Maybe they had data to show them that it wasn't hitting, but they used to, focus more on the rankings and that how some of these matches would affect that and then they would have yeah they got away from it tournaments and stuff like that like that's where you could get these in right like you could have Mm -hmm. tournament for the tnt number one contender and you've got bandito versus ethan page you've got uh takeshita versus uh what was the other one you said there right like you could you could just fit these in right where i think Mm -hmm. you know they've kind of gotten away from that as a focal point and and i we applauded them for that or as for kind of like i said when you don't have a story that's an easy way to at least say, here's a reason we're having this match. And it gives yeah, it some many stakes. tournaments. Yeah. Many tournaments of mm-hmm. this is what's going to the winner of this six man mm-hmm. tournament is going to be the number one contender in three weeks. You could do a mini or, round Robin, like the three of you are all going to face each other. And then, you know what I mean? Or the four of you, and then the top two are going to face, you know, you could do all yeah. kinds of things where you just kind of work that in for a, a reason when there's not a reason. And, you know, one thing that we keep on harping on and, I feel like, again, they need to utilize a little bit better. Put those things on elevation. Put those things on dark. Jeffrey Stills is talking about how Dark Order is recruiting. You know why I don't watch either show religiously? Is if I don't see that something's trending on Twitter, it's just squash matches of Jake Hager beats Dan the dad in two minutes. And it's like, well, fuck that. I don't care. Like, that's not worth my time, you know? You could do the round robins where 
the winner of the tournament gets a match on dynamite, but the tournament takes place on elevation or the tournament takes place on dark. Like utilize that more instead of it just yeah. being local enhancement talent gets squashed. Jeffrey Sill says, I want to see Bandito with the all Atlantic belt. Yeah. That's another belt where, where I mentioned the TNT champion, but like the all Atlantic is perfect for these sorts of the, the workhorse wrestlers, right. That mm -hmm. like we mentioned that uh, could put on 20 minute barn burners every week. Yep. Let's get it. Perfect. Yeah. So post-match, MJF appears to cut a promo, and he says he hears everything Danielson is saying. He hears everything that's happening. And essentially, long story short, he says, you know, the more you piss me off, the less my mask will be able to, you know, show me as the good guy. You will see yeah. the monster behind this. It was a very interesting promo, and I think it, it was – it was delivered well enough too that Danielson sold it correctly where like he didn't like act scared, but he also didn't like, huh, what a jack off yeah. blow it off either. He was kind of like, all right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he was just kind of like, all right, all right. I hear you. Right. Like that kind of thing. Right. It wasn't like a, it was just kind of like, all right, well, we'll see what's up. Right. Like that kind of a thing. And I, and yeah, I, liked that. I, mean I liked it where he was just kind of like, you felt a realism from MJF saying like, Keep fucking thinking that I, you know what I mean? Like cheated my way to the top here that like, I'm not able to fucking throw down with you. Like keep thinking mm -hmm. that and see what happens. Because I think like what he's saying is like, I can do what you do. Plus I have that edge, right? Like, plus I have that, like, I will slit your throat mentality. Well, and we got. have the credibility to back it up. It's not mm -hmm. just words. Go back to his history in AEW. He sat on the chest of CM Punk while he's bleeding from his head. He low-blowed Cody Rhodes and pushed him to the side as Cody was reaching for some type of understanding of why he did it. He knocked out fucking William Regal mm -hmm. with brass knucks and we never saw him again. Like, he will fucking get yeah. evil. So... And and Danielson knows that more than anything because look at where William Regal is. Again, storyline. Stay in the storyline. Not like, oh, he's in WF. Fuck that shit. I'm saying in storyline, he's fucking gone, right? Like yeah. knock him to you know another I mean? universe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh okay, so then we're back from commercial and we're informed that Brian Danielson's opponent next week is the machine, Brian Cage. And so then we do an interview with Prince Nana and Brian Cage. And before really anything could be said, MJF rolls up and it's like, hey, I don't give a shit if you win. I don't give a shit if you lose. I just want you to break his fucking arm. Here's a lot of money. And Brian Cage is like, cool, I can totally do it. You know, being Brian Cage. And then a fucking smack in the mouth that looked legit really hard. And Brian Cage wants to kill him. Yeah. And MJF is like, you feel Instantly, this? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and I like that Prince Don is like, the money, the money, the money, the money, the money, sir. the money. Because he's sir. like, because MJF's waiting for that choke. And he's like, you want this money or not? And he's like, you want the money or you want to kill me? Right. And he's like, the money, the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. Right. Don't be a loser here. Yeah. Um, I like that. And then, yes, like you said, MJF comes in with the like, so you know that feeling, the feeling you got right now, like that's what we need right basically saying like go fucking get it done the one miss for me on this is like he then handed the money to nana i don't think brian cage is gonna make good and break brian danielson's arm so now how does mjf recollect the money that he said you only get 
right that was arm. the miss right unless he just goes straight to prince nana is like hey you have the money i'm mgf you're gonna give it to me something like that but yeah i thought the exchange of money before unless, he did the job unless he's planting a seed to later use brian cage as his new wardlow like no no no, you keep or, the money but you're gonna earn it another way possibly yeah mm. or or it's half now half later because he said it's more money than you've ever seen Ooh, yeah maybe, so maybe that's half now half later right yeah maybe that's, that's the upfront. yeah that's maybe the, who knows yeah but yeah i did i do Cause, agree like because i remember prince nana took one look at it and he was like yep, <laughs> you know i mean like puts that's it right in his things like we're good we're good with this <laughs> yeah yeah i like that a lot mm-hmm. all right and so tim we're right before mm. the main event mm. so you know what time each it week, is each week it's time, time! For the, the women. women. Yes. And it now, is my. This was ahead. done very well. This was done very well. I want to preface. So that. let's talk about all this. This mm-hmm. was. So I thought the best segment was. I'll agree. Renee Paquette, Hangman Adam Page. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. The most interesting thing, though, is what we're doing with the women. Yeah. I think this is the, the most interesting, like. St- I don't want to say the most interesting storyline of the night, but the most interesting storyline development. That, of the yes, night. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So before the match, we get a backstage interview with uh, Soraya, Tony Storm, and fucking Hikaru Shida again, which yeah, Kata, longtime listener Kata. I absolutely adore Kata. I think his opinions more often than not are spot on. He's a very rational wrestling fan. Uh, who's mostly measured in what he says. He doesn't mm-hmm. get high and low like I do. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how last week, how I said it was clunky what Hikaru Shida did with throwing the kendo stick between Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. He's like, well, see, now this is where Hikaru Shida, I guess, if I understand correctly, he might be, tur- or she might be turning heel, right? Okay, cool. But then we go to this segment and Soraya's like, essentially, again, we're paraphrasing here, but like, you dumb idiot, don't come out next time. Don't do that. You're an idiot. And then her and Tony Storm are like, these AW women, right? Like, yeah. fucking dumb. Yeah. And they kept mentioning, they're like, they haven't been where we've been. They yeah. don't know this thing. And Jeffrey, or Justin Flores, excuse me, says, I'm ready for an XWWE versus AW Originals blood and guts match. And I think they can pull this off in the women's division. Remember they had this women's... Uh, war games with no blood if we get a women's blood and guts match but i I like that backstage segment i also like that they had the evil villain music playing over it did you catch that right like Mm -hmm. and it was it was like reddish lighting or whatever and and like tony storm was emitting more personality than we've seen since she walked in the door at AEW here right like she was really bought into this and Soraya felt like she fit more than she ever Mm -hmm. has with the like it's my house i went through all this stuff this would be the thing. If we got an XWWE versus AW Originals Blood and Guts match, this is where you bring in the Mercedes Monet. No. She's the surprise. No, I don't no. want it, but if you're going to yeah. bring her in, that's where you do it. That's where no. you do it. Yeah, please Not don't do, do it. But if you're going to do it because it's out of our hands, Tony Khan, yes. I know you're watching. Yeah. Do it. If there. the contract's signed, if yeah. the contract's signed for two dates, yeah. then make it in this story. Right. Line. I'm just saying don't sign a contract with I wouldn't uh, hate a one-off. If she came in for a one-off. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like 
Did you see she said she was going to put in JPW on the map or some shit like that? <laughs> like, oh shit. You know why I hate it? You know why I would hate it for uh, the one time? Uh, is because as this company grows, like anything that has history, top 10 lists are going to be created. And you know, every uh, fucking dork we'll with that. a neck beard yeah. is going to be like, number three, greatest AEW matches, the debut of Mercedes well, Monet. She's also the type to do exactly what CM Punk did, right? Where it was like the if if that if she showed up for that match and that thing did a good draw, it would be like, oh, the first time they had a draw of over blah 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 was because of me. Remember, like she's again taking credit for like some resurgence of New Japan because she showed up there a one fucking time. Um, like that's the kind of mentality that she show. has, right? At their biggest show, yeah. Like, yeah. and that's that's kind of yeah. So like, miss me with it if if you're not gonna do it. But like you said, if the contract's already signed and she's coming. Put it in that because that would be the logical spot to show up and be like, oh, my God, right? Who's our fourth man, right, or whatever, right? Like our – Well, our so it would be a five-on-five, five, right? A five-on-five. Yeah, five. Right. So let's talk about the match and then start brainstorming some things here. So the match is Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And God bless America. I don't care what happens to me in life. I just need Willow Nightingale's music to play and her to come out all bubbly and smiley and whatever just happened, I'm automatically for, forgetting about and just in a good mood. If for whatever reason, it won't fucking happen, but if for whatever reason, the Jacksonville Jags were to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this Saturday, I'm playing Willow Nightingale's music and I'm watching her entrance because that will wash away the sorrows of that horrible loss. Again, it won't happen. I'm just saying hypothetically, the that's way, what she does. We're considering we're considering boycotting Dynamite next week if the Jags find a way to beat the Chiefs. Hey, Tony Khan, I, I already said it on my Instagram. We retweeted it. I said, if the Chiefs beat the Jags, we want backstage passes to the independent show in Kansas city. Come on, Tony. Come on, Tony. You I know you're watching. It. I know you're watching. So we get uh, a lot Tony, of great stuff up? here. Tony storm, Willow Nightingale. They're going back and forth. Uh, Tony storm is doing some kind of mean heelish type things. Gets to the point where Soraya even gets up to the apron to distract the ref. Tony storm then does the whole roll up with the, uh, with the, with the, Heights, I guess. And then post match, Soraya and Tony Storm are just kicking her, kicking mm-hmm. her. Now, the part I missed out because, again, I felt like it was completely irrelevant because she looked so dumb. Again, I love Hikaru Shida. I think she is awesome. Her ma- look, look at all of her matches her matches with Britt Baker, her matches with uh, the champion Jamie Hayter, the matches with Nyla Rose during the pandemic. Like she can wrestle almost better than any woman in the world. But she she looks fucking dumb here. So she came out by herself with a kendo stick. Let me let me clarify that point here with the kendo stick. And then when she saw Tony Storm and Soraya picking God's gift to wrestling, Willow Nightingale, she did fucking nothing, Tim. She did zero. Ruby Soho came out to make the save. How fucking dumb are you for someone else to come out when you have a weapon in your hand to fight off two people who aren't even paying attention to you? 
Like, bro, come on. So that's how the match ends. Now, here's where the fun comes. We had talked about WWE, XWWE versus homegrown AEW. Yeah. Well, the woman who made the save for Willow Nightingale is pretty stale, if I'm being honest. And Ruby Soho is XWWE. So all I'm saying is keep an eye on yeah. Ruby Soho because I think she's turning <laughs> so heel on Willow. So I was just going through the AW women's roster. I know we're not supposed to fact check, but I need to know who's That's available. Fine. So like, yeah. so if we're not including Mercedes Monet because she's not around, no. right? No. The only names I'm coming with, Storm and Soraya are already the two. Ruby Soho was the third. I Who else? Athena is a fourth? Yeah. Serena Deeb? Yes, yes. Because that's it. I mean, like, I don't know who else then. Because, like, on the other side, for AEW, you've got Thunder Rosa, Willow Nightingale, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, Sheeta, Jade Jade Cargill. You've got uh, Chris Statlander, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Red Velvet, Rio, you could mention as AEW original. So, like, that side is stacked. It's the ex-WWE side that's a little, it's tight. Uh, do a little bit more filibustering because I got my final. Okay. I'm almost All right. done. All right. All right. So now if we're talking like Jade Cargo, I don't know that I'd put her in that match. Right. Because I don't, you know what I mean? Like, unless no, you're going to no, have her save the day and she's the new star, but I don't think that's where that's going. Right. Um, it's, it's this, but I definitely think you put Britt Baker in that match. Don't you? Yes. Yeah. So if Britt Baker accompanies Jamie Hayter, she's the champ, right? She's got to be involved in that. I think no. maybe you put a Thunder Rosa. Thunder, Ro- yeah. Mm, Thunder Rosa know. came in as X R O H or X uh, NWA. NWA, but, right? Wasn't necessarily an AW original, but did right. later get signed. Finally, yeah. I don't know. It's it, that would be a oh, fun match to be had. Jeffrey oh, Stills is bringing in hardcore country. All right, I peaked. In we found a TNA mark. We found a TNA mark here with Jeffrey Stills. Yeah. <laughs> he likes the Jeff Jarrett and the Mickey James. Well, he says, and I quote, <laughs> they're bringing in dot, dot, dot. I peaked in 2005, hardcore country, Mickey James. Is that James. what he said, quote? Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's hard to read right now. It's a little fuzzy, but yeah. Where, yeah res- re- WrestleMania, WrestleMania 22 called and said, like, uh, Mickey James isn't needed. Okay. Yeah, was she coming out in, like, Indian gear on this latest Impact She is Native thing? American. Just, oh, she, she is. She is Native American. Mickey so James She is. is Native American. Yes. So. I did not know that. I learned it recently, so okay. that's why. Because right. well, I was like, take back anything I thought. Yeah, because yeah, initially I thought this was a Mercedes Monet where we're cultural appropriation, cultural kind of a thing, but I didn't realize she had some. Yeah, okay, all right. All right, so this is what you do. Here's your five, because you said something and I dismissed it, but now I agree with you, and I think you go this route. So the five on XWWE side: Soraya, Tony Storm, Athena, Serena Deeb, Ruby Soho. Okay, that's your five. Then on your five for the homegrown, you're doing Nyla Rose. Yeah. You're doing Willow Nightingale. Okay. You're doing Akaro Shida. Yeah, you're doing Akaro Shida. You're doing Britt Baker. And then you're doing the person who fucking wins the match and flexes on all these bitches. The star of all women's wrestling, Jade Cargill. You have her going, what, motherfuckers? Do you see these muscles on me? I'm a fucking woman among fucking girls around here. Like, And that's where then... Cause this is how you book out of it. You have her 
fucking flat, literally stack all of them, stack all nine girls on top of each other. And she fucking pins yeah, them she all. She can even say, listen, I'm on your guys' side technically, but like get in my way. I'm putting hands on you and I'm pinning you also. I don't give a shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I would have her again, hypothetically, but stack all of the fucking bitches flex on them and then out of that do the match, roman reigns stack with nine yeah. girls yeah. and just fucking one hand while flexing the other yep <laughs> yeah and then out of that then you go i'm going for the championship <laughs> this is fucking dumb i'm wasting my time yep. with these fucking baddies i'm going right after which is great why yeah. hater was not in the match so you can say look i took out all the rest of the competition i took out nine of the if there's yep. a top 10 list i just took out the nine it's you and me yep. bitch exactly that's what you do and yeah. then you say title for title but then you find a way that jamie hater costs uh jade cargill her first loss oh what would you do or you could even or do the you... like you know remember when warrior won both and then just gave up the other one you could do that yeah keith lee did that in nxt actually uh, true. with the north right. american yep. yeah true that. So there you go so that's what i do five on five jade cargill though pump kicks every fucking woman in sight yeah just easily bitch smacks them around (laughs) all of it yeah you are all fucked yes that's what i would do okay um all right then we go backstage after that match and uh stokely hathaway and ethan page cut a promo on jungle boy and then we go to break that's fine come back from commercial and then say it for me again t money's name is what takesha oh takesha 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 I'll learn it. Yep. Cool. Uh, nailed it. Nailed it. Who cares? Uh, he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, he has a funny thing where he says uh, he's going to be in the corner for Brian Danielson when Brian Danielson takes on uh, Brian Cage next week. It's not a cage match in the sense that it's a cage. It's just Brian Cage. Got right. That. Uh, and then he says this Japanese thing, this phrase. And then Renee Paquette's like, what was that? And he goes, oh, it just means MJF is an asshole. That's pretty yeah. funny, right? If you can just keep doing that kind of stuff, I think that'd be great. I, I think Jeffrey Seals wrote to catch his name, but that doesn't help us pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know how it's spelled. I don't. Yeah, I know. know how it's spelled, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just. Yeah, I'm not good yeah. at reading. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm saying it right. I don't know. If Tom, I know Tom's not saying it right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if. Because isn't that a rapper? Isn't that a rapper? Takeshi. That's Takeshi. Six nine. Six nine, right? Right? Okay. I don't fucking I don't know. know. I'm not. I'm not hip to the streets these days. But though. he's the one that ratted or on maybe people. Maybe I was every. Yeah. Bitch. Right. Yeah. He yeah. sold everyone out. And then still went to prison. You fucking nerd. Uh, was sixty nine tattooed on your face? That's oh, gonna serve head. you real well. <laughs> yeah, witness protection. They won't yeah, catch right. me. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, pal. Yeah. All right. Then we get to the main event, and this was actually for as much as we talk about Darby Allen being the you know, almost modern day Sabu where it's homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, the maniac man. He actually wrestles a pretty sound technical match against Kushida for the AWTNT championship match. So what do you think of this? Yeah, agreed. Again, I, like I said, I, if we're not doing a story and which is fine, if you have a new champion, they get a couple bouts in usually before there's like a long-term storyline and and shout out Jeffrey Sills. uh, Yep. And then Takeshi Snitch Nine from Theo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, but I like this match for that reason, right? Again, they set up who this guy is, right? And so, look, these are great styles that work together. They they put on a good picture here for us to watch. There was spots. I just 
same thing with, you know, with um, Kushida is like, like, all right, come out dressed like Marty McFly. Like, the time guy. I get it, right? Like, but yeah, cool. Like, I, I, when I watch, if I, again, sat somebody down and was like, watch this, it's, you know, they're going to be like, wow, those guys are. Those guys are stuntmen, right? Like they do some cool stuff, right? And they, you know, but like it's... that armbar catch was pretty cool mm-hmm. when Darby oh, Allen yeah. jumped and caught him in an armbar. That was yeah. pretty cool. That's what I mean. So standalone watching it is good and it's fine, right? And that's it's cool. It's to me, it's maybe not what I would main event a show with. Um, but it's a title know, match. It though. is a title match. It is a title match. So that's a sell. And I just, you know, I I don't know. I guess well. It is hard to to do that separation of of knowing that it's a scripted mm-hmm. thing and and not to know like yeah it's a title match, but so we don't think Kashida's coming away with this title. But that's what I would do. That's where we need to have a new wrinkle sooner rather than later. Is let's bring in I can't I'm, um, Kinta. Let's bring in Kinta. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He does the GTS. That'll piss off CM Punk. So let's bring him in. And let's actually have him win a championship. Have him beat Darby Allen. Not Darby Allen. But like what I would do is all in the Orange Cassidy. Exactly. Have him beat Orange Cassidy. And then when you go like, whoa shit. Oh shit. And now you now you put it in the back of our mind the next time you do a Darby Allen open challenge and it's one of the Motor City Machine Gun yeah. guys. Well, he could win because they yeah. did it with Kenta, right? Like, oh, I would even do. do something along the lines of like, oh my god, Kenta beat Orange Cassidy, and then like somebody comes up and is like, I'm challenging you, Kenta, and they beat him, and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, oh man, in that promotion though, like in right. that promotion, mm. yeah. So like, he loses it to. I like that. So now somebody from AW's got to go chase it down. Yeah, they got to go over there and, so and the... fucking win it. Yeah, and so yeah, let's just hypothetically say. Kenta beats Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship. He goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Then he loses it to Jay White. And Jay White is your All-Atlantic Champion. And now Trent or someone has to be like, well, we had a special match for New Japan Dynamite Midnight Show or whatever the fuck they're calling them. And we're going to have Trent taking on it's our... glory hole, Tom. Next yeah, glory hole. Yeah. Next glory hole. There it is. <laughs> that would be fun. Or yeah. wait till the glory hole and have a new Japan guy come to an AEW show as the champion. Right. And now we're yeah, AEW's trying to win it back. Right now, Trent's trying yeah. to, to yeah. get back where and this could even work into that storyline where they're having a little beef and be like, All right, well, I'll go get the job done that mm-hmm. you can do. I'll go secure this bag. And Orange Cassie's like, Cool. Yeah, whatever. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And then he's yeah. like, What do you mean, whatever? <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 So one thing I did want to talk about, because I, again, I saw it in a legit interview and it was a good article written about Sting, but Sting mentions in this article that this contract is his last one. This is a legit retirement. He felt Mm -hmm. like the WWE one was kind of sour grapes and it fell apart and all that stuff. He's like Rick Flair said where it was kind of their idea and and didn't really want to do it. And AEW, he feels really good with his body of work. So he said, like, once this contract is done, which it's going to be done this year, I'm out of here. Yeah. So... Didn't he also say this would involve Darby? And he said, my last chapter is going to involve Darby. So, Tim, are but we But didn't he getting... also say he's not turning heel? Right. I think this could be the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels thing. Where if I can't beat you for the TNT championship, Darby, then what the fuck am I doing here? I've won yeah, if I can't, tag team if I can't win a mid card title here, then I'm 
below average and it's time for me to go. I would I would have it start somewhat with Darby essentially saying because because Darby can flirt with it, right? Darby mm-hmm. can be moody, right? So I would have him start it with the hey sing. That's exactly how Darby is moody. moody, yeah. moody. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have him start this feud or this storyline, I should say, because it's not really a feud, but I would have him start the storyline with Darby Allen has to rematch Samoa Joe, for example, right? And Darby's like, staying, I'm good this time. Like, I don't need you. I don't need you, bro. And he wins. Stay back here. Yeah, he wins. And Sting's like, hey, great job. And then Darby Allen has to go up against Powerhouse Hobbs. And Darby's like, hey, man, dude, I'm good. And Sting's like, are you sure? He's like, Have you seen this guy's vignettes about his, he's talking about his book? Like, something's wrong with this guy. Yeah. And so then he survives Powerhouse Hobbs. But it's not as convincing as it was with Joe. And then he has another big match with Jake Hager. Jake Hager. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And Darby's like, Hey, I don't need you tonight. And then that's when Sting can go like, what are you trying to say? Like, are are, are you done with me? Yeah. And Darby can be like, I am. And then that's when Sting goes, wait a minute. You think I'm this washed up old. I'm holding you down. Yeah. Well, how about I show you how good I am and I take a championship away? And then Darby can be like, old man, maybe that's, if I beat you. That's the message thing has been trying to get through him with all these matches is like, don't take somebody for granted. You might think you're better than them and you can be better than them. Right. But you don't have to be better to win a match. Right. You yeah. don't have to be younger. You don't have to be quicker. You don't have to be faster. You don't have to be stronger. You don't have to be smarter. You just have to hit in the moment. Right. Like that's, that's what he's trying to say. And he's like, and anybody can have a puncher's chance or a whatever, right? Like they only need three seconds, right? Like he can just kind of keep trying to hit that message. And Darby's like, yeah, yeah, well, Darby's course, angle, yeah, 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 whatever, right? Well, Darby's angle is, well, if I beat you, who cares? You're Sting, a 63-year-old man. I need something out of this if I'm going to take out my mentor. So I want your career. And he's like, you motherfucker, really? And then that's when that we do throat, career. Right? Yes. Yeah. And then that's when we do career versus title and Darby wins. So Jeffrey Sill says they do have the match in Noah with Muda this weekend. So they can yeah. start throwing the, the first little. This, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is Darby's uh, debut, I believe, in Japan. So credit to him. Good luck for him to do that. And yeah, the great Muda. Are you fucking serious? Great Muda could stir that shit up. Like, hey, you two guys are cool. Oh, a little spit in the face when one's holding the other and that kind of thing. Or just a, or just a, like a sting. You're running with this guy. Back in the yeah. back in the nineties, this guy you were the locker. You were the fucking. Mm-hmm. You're the talk. Look at you, man. Look at you, all swollen. It's sixty years old still, and this guy, this little fucking kid. Remember, kid, remember, he can't ride all the rides give, at Disney World. You fucking remember when we wouldn't give him an autograph because he yeah. was too small, right? You remember, like he's a young boy. What are you talking about, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you sure you didn't bring a Make a Wish kid to be our third par- partner in this fucking tag match? Yeah. He can even call him Sting's son. Be like, I'm glad you brought your son along. He's like, not my son. He's like, oh, shit. He has a face, My my bad. My my, my fault. All Americans look alike to me. All Americans look alike. That's what he can say. All Americans look alike to me. Oh, sorry. You guys have the same face. Yeah, yeah. All the face. Yeah, right, yeah. 
You know, fucking long uh, nose, big pointy chin. Fucking white yeah, Americans, yeah. all the same. Yeah, we're all the same. <laughs> so that's our AEW Dynamite. That was really good. Uh, what did you think of the show? Did you have fun? Did you like it? I thought this was a solid show. Again, you know, nothing, like there were some key storylines that had some moments, right? I think of the Hangman thing. I think of the uh, uh, Tony Storm, Soraya thing going on. Um, so, I mean, there's stuff there. But also, I think the things that weren't storylines also delivered well brian right Danielson, like yeah the brian danielson Dito. thing which is in itself a story but the right. you know the opening match the the main event i think were kind of outliers and they didn't really have a background story but they still were were solid matches that were very entertaining so i gave this one a solid you know if i I'd give it a b plus on this one so i agree and i i don't think this is gonna be any type of I'm going to go back in six months and watch it again because of that promo or that match, even mm-hmm. though Bandito and Danielson was very good. I think MJF's promo was a solid one too. I think it MJF's was a really promo, good promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff here. I will though. And maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment, but if I were to grade this, I'm giving this an a plus 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 because of the circumstances of how we started this show off. Mm. There are so many people that have, worked with or were currently working with or were backstage in the same dressing room as Jay Briscoe. And that wasn't even 24 hours yeah. mm-hmm. after the news broke. And so for them, a Jay lethal is who I immediately thought of for him to have a match <laughs> less than 24 hours. Motherfucker. Oh yeah. Like, I yeah. Cause some of these folks were to brothers to those guys. Exactly. hundred percent. And again, even some of the producers wanna... backstage and the right. and the brass in there. Yeah, Tony Khan knew them say. personally for fuck's sake, and he took a chance on them, right? Because mm-hmm. again, the the Warner Brothers Discovery said fuck those guys, right? Yep. Um, and that's the other thing is if, if you want to go down the route of they had a tribute show planned and then were told no and had to pivot to then write a show. All of the circumstances, again, maybe it's a little bit of prisoner of the moment, but for the things that we did not see on the TV show is why I thought this TV show for as good as it was is even better because I know I would have called in. I'm I'm not. Nope. You ain't seeing me for a while. And so for Mm -hmm. them to be like, Hey man, I I guess we need a a second match of the night. So I'll go out there. So credit to them for doing all of those things. So tell us what you thought. You know, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Table Show. Uh, we are at Spanish Announce Podcast on Instagram or at TMAC underscore toy underscore wrestling. Uh, check out TMAC's uh, fun pictures over there. And SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Of course, you can find all of our links. And just let us know. You know, send us an email, tableshow at gmail.com. Tell us what you thought about this Dynamite, next week's Dynamite. Maybe we'll read it right here on the show. And with that for this week, I think it's best that we just leave you with a rest in peace. Jay Briscoe. <laughs> The Spanish Announce Table.